Today's sermon is titled, I Choose Purpose Over Popularity. I Choose Purpose Over Popularity. Now, uh, many of you guys know that it's been a busy, crazy season for me. And so last night I was up late. I was praying. I said, okay, let's do this, God. And, and, and I, was, I was sitting there with my pen, and, 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 it, and I felt God kept taking me back to a series that I did several years ago. And uh, this series is a four-part series, and um, I'm excited because I believe, I believe that uh, it's a word for us today. Isn't that amazing how his word isn't just for like, uh, oh, you can only use it on that day, or you can only, no, it's, it's, it's continues to apply to our everyday life. So think about this for a sec- second. Where are you now? Where are you now? Right now. Like in life. In life. Where are you in life? You know, where are you with your goals? People have like these five-year goals, 10-year goals, and that's good. Have them. But where are you? Are you on your way there? Are you far behind? Where are you? We are at the moment right at the place where are the results of our choices. The choices that you have made in the past, right, the results of those choices are where you are at right now, you know? Um, and so when you say, um, who, you, who will you be tomorrow, well, the decisions that you make today will affect who you are tomorrow. It's really simple. Many of us don't think that way when we're making decisions right away. We don't think about the impact that our decisions and our choices will have years down the line. You know, some of us, we look back at our lives like, man, if I would have only not done that, if I would have only went here, if I would have only bought that house or sold this or rent it instead. Like, you know, we have all these, if I would have only, right? And usually we're saying that years after, years after. It's a four-part sermon series titled, I Choose. Today, it's, it's uh, purpose over popularity. Um, next week is surrender over control. We're going to choose surrender over control. Then we're going to choose discipline over regret. And then we're going to choose important over the urgent. And um, I, I'm excited because I'm, I, I can still feel that, like, I know it was like several years ago, but this was, this was some good stuff. All right. Close your eyes, everybody. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Nobody hit nobody. Nobody touched nobody. All right. Imagine what I'm saying here. Everyone likes you. This is your world, right? Everyone likes you. Everyone approves of you. Everyone admires you. Everyone likes your fashion style, and they're always complimenting. They like your flow. They like the way you speak. They like the way you walk. They just like your character. No matter what you say or, your, or what you do, you're an amazing person, and nothing can take away from that. You are awesome, simply awesome. Okay, now open your eyes. I hope you guys enjoyed that little, that little imaginary world, right? Because uh, that scene in your mind, <laughs> the truth is, will never happen. Never happen, you know? Because um, the truth is that um, it's impossible, and no matter what you do, you can't please everyone. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how you act, you can never please everyone. 
And so uh, when you want to please everybody, just close your eyes once again and imagine yourself in that world. And everyone will like you in that world. And everyone will say yes to you in that world. And everyone will compliment you in that world. And then when you feel better again, open your eyes and come back to reality. Because that's just not the world we live in. Now, imagine this. Imagine being so consumed with pleasing God that it doesn't matter the approval of others. Like you're so consumed with hearing from him and living out your life for the Lord that it really doesn't matter. Imagine, imagine waking up every day with a passion, with purpose in your life. Every day. And that's what drives you. Not the approval of others, not what others are saying that you should be doing or how you should be doing it or how you should be living. I choose. I choose purpose over popularity. This is one of the biggest choices that you're going to have to make in life. And it's not just a one-time, it's not just a one-time decision. It's a decision that you need to make on a constant basis. And if you aren't intentional, our flesh chooses the things that we shouldn't. If we're not intentional, our choosing and making decisions based on his word, based on, based on our relationship with him, then our flesh will gladly volunteer to make the decisions that we shouldn't. And then what happens is, by default, by default, our, our body, our, our, our human side, our flesh makes decisions based upon, like, well, what are they going to think? How are they going to like me? Well, if I do this, what will they say? And so by default, if we're not focused on purpose, on our walk with God, then by default, we end up making choices based on of those, of all of us, those around us. <sighs> I'm trying not to go too many stories today, guys. Many of us don't understand, many of us don't understand our purpose for our lives. And this is a conversation that we've had before. What, what's our purpose, right? But instead of asking the one who actually created us, because many of us don't know our purpose, but half of us are not running to the creator seeking direction of our purpose. There are many people that are trying to find their purpose and they're experimenting through life. Let me try this. Let me go here. Let me move here. And what happens is you end up living some kind of nomadic life, never truly understanding why you're here. Because if you don't turn to the creator, then you'll never know. What's my thing? What's my purpose? And then so what happens is if you're not focused on the, the purpose that God intended for, uh, for you, then you're focused on a different purpose that society labels. A purpose that, well, if you're this age between this age, you have to look like this, you have to act like this. And there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of pressure on the millennial uh, generation to live up to certain standards, you know, um, and, and, to, and to just present themselves in a certain way. Um, I think millennials are so gifted, uh, and they have so much to offer, um, but the, the devil has been a liar 
and has truly affected this generation in the sense where they are an stereotype here because this is something that some of our older generations, some of us really just didn't care. You know, we went through life not really caring what some people thought or not caring what society said. We were going we to become who we wanted to become. But in the world that we're living in today, there's so much pressure to fill a form, uh, to, to like fill out a, a, like a, uh, a mold. You know, like, like we're all supposed to, you know, like this or like this. And so what happens is they, we, the purpose is like, do I fit in? Are we, are we friends? Are, we, are you following me on Instagram? Oh, they, they unfollow me on Instagram. What's the problem? You know, and so it's like, do you like my car? Do you like my job? And they're so concerned about how others feel or perceive their life. We're so concerned in this generation how other people are perceiving our life. And that we dictate our choices on an everyday basis on the fact that what will they perceive me as? Not dictating our choices based on, well, the word of God says this, or my relationship, you know, because of my relationship with God, I should be living this way. And so what happens is our, our, our lifestyle is not driven by our God-given purpose, but it's driven by this purpose of, filling a, of fulfilling some kind of uh, demand or, or mold that society has put on us. You know that if you are living for the approval of others, you'll forget that God created you for a divine purpose. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. I know I told them New King James Version, but I switched it up on them. (laughs) So I'm going to read the NLT, but you guys can read it on there. It's okay. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Yo. I mean, I don't know. Can, can, we, can, we, can, we be, can we be real with some real verses here today? Obviously. I mean, to some people, it's not so obvious. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but God, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And so if you are making a decision, if you're choosing to say, I'm going to live for Christ, I'm going to serve him, I'm going to follow him, then instantly at that moment that you choose that, you're choosing not to work or live for the approval of others. That's the first thing off the bat. Living for the approval of people will keep you away from the purpose of God. The fastest way to forget what God thinks about us is to be obsessed with what others think about us. The more you think about what other people think about you, the less you will think about what God thinks about you. It's time to choose purpose over popularity. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 to 26. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 26. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose, say chose, 
to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead. Say ahead. ahead. To his reward. So we know the story of Moses, most of us, and Moses, you know, mom puts him in the river and Pharaoh's daughter ends up raising him as her son, um, and he ends up being raised in the, in, in the house of Pharaoh, in the palace, and uh, there comes a point where there was a, there, there was a certain uh, level of comfort. Like, he, he could have stayed comfortable being pretty much uh, a family of Pharaoh, right, having everything he needed given to him at a snap of a finger because he was considered royalty because he was adopted into the royal family, into like that royal family, right? And so what happens is he could have just been like, hey, I want this, I want this. So he had comfort, but he had to make a decision between choosing comfort or choosing calling. Choosing comfort or choosing calling. He had to choose either to be popular or to live out his purpose. We all have seen, we saw the purpose of Moses' life played out when you read it. But guess what? He didn't have the privilege of reading ahead what his life was going to be. We sit here and we read his story. We read where he began and we read. Some of us could skip to the end and read what happened. But the thing is, he didn't have that opportunity. And so he had to make a decision at one point to say, you know what? I'm going to have to choose my purpose over popularity. I'm going to have to choose calling over comfort. Now, the thing is, when we start talking about purpose, everybody starts to sweat a little bit because, like, I don't know my purpose. Oh, my goodness. My daughter has this new thing now. She acts like she's hyperventilating, where she doesn't, like, get her way, right? I don't know. Oh, Lord, help me. Pray for us, church. Pray for us. Um, and so, so... She, so there's this thing, people start to hyperventilate when, when, they don't, when they start thinking the word purpose. I don't know. I don't know what my purpose is. I'm still searching. I'm still praying. I'm still asking God to reveal, you know, reveal to me because I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. That's the biggest thing. And listen, that could, that could drive you nuts. It will drive you nuts. But let's, let's label that purpose with a capital P. I want to talk about purpose lowercase p. And the difference is this. I want you to think about, um, you know, everybody thinks about that big purpose of that one thing, that one calling, but there's so much purpose, lowercase p, and I'll give you an example. For example, I'll give you an example. If somebody is down and you are a believer, you are a child of God, right, then you have purpose to bring encouragement to that person. You understand that? If... if um, if uh, someone is in need and you have the, the capability to assist that person, then at that moment, it's a purpose that you have as a believer, as a brother and sister in Christ to help another brother and sister in Christ. Do you see the difference between the little P and the big P? Little P is on a daily constant. You're gonna, there's going to be purpose for you every day. There's going to be an opportunity for you to live out your purpose as a child of God, to reflect the love of God, to reflect the hands and feet of God, to show others the, the, the grace and the love that God has shown you. 
That's a daily basis thing. That's an everyday thing. And that's purpose. Some of you guys have crazy psycho bosses. You know, we just, we just spoke about that, right? Well, you know what? Maybe your purpose is to pray for your boss in the meantime. Lord, do something with their mind. Nah. You know, the time spent living out your lowercase purpose, if you, li- if you are intentional in living out your lowercase purpose, then you will run right into the capital P purpose. Like, like you're going to find yourself in it and not, and not realize how you got here. Like, wow, well, I, didn't, I didn't know. Like, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself in the jungles of the Amazon. If you guys haven't noticed, I've mentioned that several times. Okay? That is a future missions trip. There's a missionary right now, Ricky Hendon, and he is there uh, right at the border uh, where the Amazon meets civilization in Peru. And I'm excited because we are going to go there one day. So if you want to be, if you're going to go to the jungle with me, let me know. Let's do it. There is power and purpose, and the power of purpose does three things. It does three things. The first thing it does is it diminishes distractions. If you, are, if you have purpose in your life, it will diminish the distractions all around you. Some of the biggest distractions um, for most of us is the curse of comparing. We compare too much, and we're so busy comparing that it's distracting us from our purpose. We're so busy comparing that we're losing focus on what we need to be doing, right? And so it's like, well, why is this happening? How did this happen? We begin to compare. Oh, wait, she already finished school? Oh, I still have three semesters left. Okay, you got three semesters left. Don't worry about that person. You know, amen, you finished school, great. I can't wait till I finish, but don't, but don't compare, right? You know, oh, you know, she's making more. He's making more money than me. You know what? It's a blessing. You know what? Um, I, like, 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 just, just, be, just be happy for your brother and sister, right? You know, be, be, be excited that there's provision in their family and there's provision in their life. Like, listen, we don't, we don't need to have this whole hateration stuff. The stuff is not, it's not, it's not godlike. It's not godlike. Like, you know, to, to have this, this envy or hate toward anyone, and especially, first of all, anyone. But I have, to, I have to go beyond and say, especially a brother and sister in the Lord. Okay? When somebody does something great in this house, we all got to be like, woo, that's what's up. We all celebrate when someone has an accomplishment. We all celebrate when God does something great in someone's life. We're a family. Right? And as we've known, we all cry when one cries. We mourn together when we lose people. All my friends are married. This is another one. This is a big one. When am I going to get married? All my younger cousins are already married. All my, all my young, I'm the oldest one. I'm still left. You know, and, and so we compare. We compare. Purpose diminishes distractions. Without reading the text, we know the story of Nehemiah was Nehemiah felt a calling to go and rebuild the walls. The walls in Jerusalem were in ruins. And so he says, you know what, i got to go back and I have to rebuild this. And that's what his mission was. That's what he felt his calling was, right? His purpose at that moment in this season was to rebuild the walls. Now, what happened was when he was there trying to rebuild these walls, there was this, uh, uh, 
these two, these two, these two characters, Sambala and Tob- Tobias, and they were enemies. And the reason why they were enemies was because they were shouting distractions. They were, they were uh, discouraging. They were just, you know, threatening. It was, it was insulting. You know, it was all these things that they were doing at that moment. But, but there was, and, and, and these were meant to be distractions. Their whole purpose of being there was obviously to stop him from what he was supposed to do. How many of us this day, we feel like God leads us to do certain things, and then all of a sudden there's people that show up especially the ones that are like, wait, I haven't even spoken to you like in six months. How are you going to show up now? You know, especially when, when you're like, I you know what, I'm making a decision. I choose today to pick purpose over popularity, right? And I choose to live out what God wants me to do. And you start to, 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 to live out, you know, your, your everyday purpose. And all of a sudden, people come out of the woodwork when you haven't seen them in months and want to distract you. It's the truth. It happens. It happens. Listen, um, men or, or female, man or female, the second you say, you know what? I'm not even going to look for a significant other right now. I'm going to concentrate on the Lord. I'm going to give God everything. For some people, the very next day, they have full inbox of like 20 applicants. Like, oh, what's up? Can I get your number? What is that? You're like, I just told God. And, you know, and so what happens is we have to, we have to be aware of what is, a t- what is a distraction and what is sent of God. Because, yes, I believe that if you focus on your relationship with God, God will send. He will. You will run into that person that he has for you. However, you got you to gotta, you gotta have that discernment. To know this, this person, this guy, this girl is just trying to throw me off of my purpose. Discern. So these were meant to be distractions. However, Nehemiah knew his purpose at that moment. Um, I'm here to rebuild the wall. I'm here to do this. I'm here to do this, and that's what I'm going to do. I won't stop. Can't stop. Three people who knew it. <laughs> Not advertising or co-signing that was years ago, lifetimes ago. All right. So somebody's going to Google that right now. Um, he, he, facing distractions from people um, is something that we encounter on a daily basis. You know, and unfortunately, and I want us to understand that not always are people bad. And this is something that we have to, this is where you have to understand spiritual versus natural stuff, Okay. Um, you make a decision to do something or, or to focus, and someone comes as a distraction, that person is not the devil. Like, that person is not the devil. That person is not a demon. That person isn't like this entity. This, no, unfortunately, that person is just a regular person, but at that moment, it's possibly that the enemy could just use an opportunity at that moment to try to use that as a distraction. So it doesn't mean that you stop loving or you look down upon or you, you know, it does, we have to be, that's why the sermon is so important. That's why the sermon is so important. Okay, so um, we have to understand that we can't stop, we're doing a great work when we're, we're living in the purpose of the Lord. Um, for example, when someone makes a, I'm, I'm going to purposely get myself out of debt. And then you start packing your lunch every day to go to work. You pack your lunch. Because I'm going to get out of debt. Instead of spending 
$75 a week to $100 a week and just lunch for a whole week, I'm go- and then which is $400 a month, which is more than, it's, it's an expensive car payment. So what I'm saying is you could have gotten a whole new car for the money you spent on lunch for a whole month. So you decide, you decide to say, you know what, I'm going to save money, I'm going to get myself out of debt, I'm going to pack my lunch. And here you are eating your nice little peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know, you have your little juice box, whatever the case may be, and what happens is your coworkers are like, what, what is this? What are you doing? And then the jokes come, right? The jokes come and the laughter and all this stuff, and you got to, you got to, at that moment, you got to, you know what? Hey, laugh it up. Won't stop. Can't stop. I'm on, a, I'm on a mission here. Why are you staying pure? Why? I mean, no one does that. No one waits for marriage anymore. No one waits for marriage. Why, why, are you, why, are you, why are you saying that this is something that you need to do, that this is a, one of your purposes to save yourself for marriage? Why? Why? At that, right? And so what happens is you say, well, you know what? Um, God is doing a, good, a great work, and I'm not going to stop, and I won't stop. Are you, supposed to, uh, uh, are you supposed to be a stay-at-home parent, right? People try to look down upon that. Are you supposed to stay home with the kids? Yeah, it's my purpose right now to indoctrinate my kids in the Word of God, to raise them. And if you could do that, then guess what? Amen that you can do that. And that's nothing to be looked down upon. And so guess what? Won't stop, can't stop. God's doing a great work. Purpose, second thing it does, it, the power of purpose, it pushes you through the pain. It pushes you through the pain. The pathway to your, pur- through, uh, to your purpose is paved with pain. Amen. How many of us, how many of us are, are already experienced some of that? <laughs> uh, it was for Moses. It was for David. It was for Nehemiah. It was for Esther. It was for Mary. It was for Jesus. There was a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And the secret I want to share with you today is as great as you guys are, you guys are not the exception. You guys are not the exception. There will be pain in, on the pathway to your purpose. But the power of purpose, it pushes you through that pain. And this is what we need to understand. We need to get this. When you do what God calls you to do, there will be resistance, natural resistance, because it's not, it's not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing, and so the natural wants to resist what God wants to do, right? And so what happens is our spiritual enemy, he does everything he can to stop us, but our purpose will push us through this. You have, who, who has critics in, in their lives? Who has critics in their lives? It doesn't matter if you have critics in your lives. I was going to sing it loud, lay it louder, but I didn't want to, like. We got to live like that. Remember how he used to people ask me, I'm like, hey, what's your name? It doesn't matter what your name is, right? And that's so, so guess what? When people are like, like, oh, you know, I don't think you should. It doesn't matter what you think I should do, you know, and walk around, like, and then do the eye. Who could do the eyebrow thing? I can't, I can't do the eyebrow thing. But the thing is, that's how we got to live. Listen, if it doesn't go according to his word, if it's not, a go- if it's not part of his plan for your life, if it has not, if it's not coming from God the Father, then guess what? It doesn't matter. 
And you got to live your life. Oh, that should be a sermon title. It doesn't matter. That's a, so listen, so the thing is, that's how you got to live life. You got to live life with this. It doesn't matter. Wait, wait, wait. Did God say that? Or did, oh, no, it wasn't God. It doesn't matter then, you know. And so that's, that's how you live. Listen, it'll make you tough, too, inside. You'll, you'll feel like the rock. You'll feel like the rock, you know, just kind of, you know, do that. The critics, they can't stop you. The obstacles cannot deter you. Pain cannot slow you down if you are driven by your purpose. You have to under, you'll understand that that's just a part of what's going to be. But that it's going to but understanding your purpose and the power of it will get you through that. Number 3, the power of purpose empowers you. The the purpose empowers you to please God. When Pharaoh tried to stop Moses, Moses wasn't deterred. He, 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 you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't stop. When the people complained and criticized and rebelled, Moses stayed on task. Man, you know, we look back and uh, our modern day, I don't know, you know how he had to take the people through the desert and they complained and they dealt with circumstances, that, you know, and the environments that they had never really lived in as far as not being outside of civilization. It's like um, it was an example, even through this COVID pandemic, that we have to stay on task. We couldn't let the surrounding situations affect what God wants to do, where he's taking us, what he's, you know, what he's doing with each and every one of us. Purpose empowers us to please God and not others. He wasn't worried about pleasing. He wasn't worried about pleasing Pharaoh. He wasn't worried about pleasing the people. I mean, he had a whole nation he was leading. A lot of complaining. A lot of complaining going on. But he couldn't let, he didn't let that distract him. I mean, he probably was frustrated like any person would be. But he still understood what his purpose was what his mission was, what he had to do, what God called him to do. Peter, uh, Peter and other apostles preaching, right, uh, they too had people that would try to stop them. When, you know, when the, when the disciples were out there preaching the word of God, they, they were, the, the scribes didn't want them preaching. The Pharisees didn't want them preaching. They, and they were even uh, arrested. They were beaten. They were thrown in prison. But it, doesn't, it didn't deter them. They did not stop. Let's look at um, Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. It says, Peter and the other, disciples, other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings, rather than any human authority. You know, um, some of us, we say, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I want to live my life for Christ. And then you uh, tell others that you're a Christian. And then you hear someone say, oh, but um, you need to tone it down because it offends me when you tell me how much you love God. It offends me to have to hear about your relationship with God. <laughs> oh, I know, right? It doesn't matter how you feel. No, um, but... Uh, <laughs> um, but, but 
we live in we live in in a very sensitive world where it's like everybody's offended, and then even more quickly offended, especially by us Christians, because you know we don't accept a lot of the thi- like, a lot of things that that we just can't accept. We can't accept some, uh, a lot of things of this world. We just won't. And so because we are reluctant to accept that and we won't accept that, then we're looked upon as uh, intolerance or bigots and, and these people. And, and, so, and so what happens is when we begin to talk about our beliefs, now it's a problem. Oh, you can't accept this, but you want to talk about how you love God? You can't accept this? And, you want, and so what happens is many Christians, unfortunately, they tone it down. They tone it down. You're right. Sorry. I won't talk about God. I won't pray at work. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave my Bible at home. And they, 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 they compromise because they don't want to offend the people that they're around. We can't worry about who we're going to offend when it comes to serving the Lord. We can't be worried about they're going to be offended about my walk with God. Because guess what? Um, at the end of the day, right, salvation is between you and him. At the end of the day, it's you that will stand before God and answer for everything that you've done and all the decisions that you've made and all the words that you've spoken. And then when you're standing there and God's going to be like, listen, um, I set you up and I put you in an office full of atheists. Because I was going to use you. I was going to use you as the light in that office. And the second one of them told you something, you, you stopped being that light. I put you in this school because there was a family that really needed this, this, and this. And I was going to use you to do this. But because you were ashamed about pulling your Bible out to not offend someone, you never had the opportunity to sit with this person. Can you imagine all the conversations that you're going to have? Like, look back at your life, and when you stand before God, what is that conversation going to look like? What's it going to sound like? Are you going to walk out of there like, woohoo, that was awesome, I aced that interview. <laughs> or are you going to walk out with your head low, ashamed, because, yeah, although you will spend eternity in the presence of the Father... You let him down in some areas. Do you understand that? The Bible's clear about what we need to do for eternal life, right? But there's also some other things that God would love for us to do and to live out as Christians. And so when we fall short in those areas, we're going to have a conversation with him about that. And he's going to bring that up like, I've asked you to do this, but you couldn't do this? And so we're going to leave, walk out that throne room, whatever, with our head down, just ashamed that we let down the Father. Or we hear, well done, and we walk out jumping and skipping. We can't please everyone, but we can please God. We can please Him. Hebrews um, we please God by, by living by faith. We please God by being obedient to the little P moments, to the little P moments, right? We please God, we please God 
by being faithful in the small things. We please God by dying to ourselves daily, daily. Hebrews 11.26, when it said that Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasure of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his great reward. You know, there is value in being liked by other people. There's value in that. Maybe you can get a better job. Maybe you can get a hookup. You know what they say, it's who you know, especially in this city. Like you're trying to get a job around in Philly somewhere. It's all about who you know, where you know, and that. But there's greater value in being liked by God. There is love by God. There's value in our comfort, right? When we're comfortable, it feels good. And there's value in that. But there's greater value being God's calling. There's value in having fun with friends. You have a good time. You make some memories. But there's greater value in being faithful to God. I choose. I choose. What choices are we making? What choices are we making? Why are we making them? What's driving our decisions? Are we more concerned about pleasing the masses? We have to understand like, what well, the choices that you make today. Why are you making those choices? Are you making choices as a result of your relationship with the Lord and reading and praying and, and, and saying, God, lead me, teach me, guide me? Are decisions that you're making based off of that or not? Or not? And if they're not, then it's time to make a decision today to say, I choose purpose over popularity. I choose purpose over what people may think. I choose purpose over how people may feel. I choose purpose. You know, I thought, I thought it was pretty interesting, the timing, uh, because today we're going to have our meeting tonight, today after, right after, right after this. We're going to have our meeting today, and, and some of you have to say, I choose to be a committed family member of this church. I choose. And in your choosing, guess what? We all have some responsibilities. We all have a standard uh, that, that, we, we, that, that, that God, he places for us, like a biblical standard of living for us. Well, does it mean we're perfect? No. But you're saying today, I choose. I choose purpose or popularity. I choose today to say I'm going to do my part to be a faithful, committed member of this church family. So if you guys could stand up today uh, with me. Many of us have struggled with, many of us have struggled with choosing purpose over over the popular, over the common, over the, the everyday, you know, or today's things. We, we, we have trouble because of what they will think. What will they say? How will they treat me? I want to remind you today that really none of that matters. What people think, 
doesn't matter. How they feel about you when it comes, and I say when it comes to your relationship with God, like if you are on, like on a mission to just live for Christ, then do that. Don't be deterred. Don't be sidetracked. Don't be distracted. Don't allow the things of this world to, to, to sway you to the left or to the right. Later, we're gonna, I just wanna, later we're going to talk about just some of the things I, I just have a feeling in my heart that God just wants to do with this church family. Continue doing, better said. But for him to continue doing some of the things, some of us have to just make a decision today and say, I choose. I choose to be faithful in my relationship with God. I choose to allow him to be Lord over my life. I mentioned this before. I said many of us choose very fast and willingly for him to be our Savior. We jump up and down and say, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Come into my life and save me. That's a quick value. You know, you, you, everybody raised their hand quick for that. But if you understand what being Lord of your life means, not, not everybody is so quick to say, Lord, uh, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Everybody wants to be saved, but nobody wants to be governed. Everybody wants to be saved, but nobody wants a master. You know, it always baffled me how, how we can be saved from eternal death. But we, many, many people can't even give gratitude to the Savior and allow the Savior to be Lord of their life. I mean, if someone saves their life, you're like, yo, whatever you want me to do, you saved my life. Whatever you, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. If you tell me to say it, I'll say it. If you want me to live like this, I'll live like this. If you want me to go over there, I'll go over there. I mean, you, when you understand what you were saved from, you were saved from eternal death. And, and, and not only that, not only that, not only were you saved, listen, listen, not only were you saved from eternal death, but then he's giving you eternal life in the presence of the Father. So it's like, it's like, it's like at that point, <laughs> Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And I don't care what it is. You say it, I'm doing it. But it's hard to live like that. It's hard to live because, because, because you know, we didn't, we didn't really stand in front of a truck and the truck is coming toward us. And at that moment, your life flashes before your eyes and then you're saved. Because, you know, that's traumatic, you know, and, and, and at that moment you're like, <gasps> you saved my life. I'll do whatever you want me to do, you know? So we don't, we don't really see that in this situation because, you know, it wasn't in front of you. So many of us, we take the salvation for granted. We take it for granted. How many of us can choose today to say, you know what? I'm going to choose to live out my purpose. And if you don't know what the capital P is, it's okay. You live out lowercase p every day. I choose today. I choose today. So I want to do something different. I won't ask you guys to come up to the front right now. But if you make, if you say, I'm going to choose today to live for purpose in my life. 
want you to raise your hands. Choose purpose. Now look around. This is why I want you to look around. Look around. Are you alone in living out your purpose? Are you alone? Or are your brothers and sisters here in Christ making a decision today to say, you know what, me too. I'm going to do this too. The reason why I wanted you to see that was this. Because sometimes we get frustrated. Sometimes some of us, we start to doubt or we start to kind of give up or we start to just kind of get demotivated. But we can all hold each other accountable and we can all encourage each other. We can all say, you know what, we're doing this together. We're doing this together. So today I want to pray with you guys. I saw all the hands that went up and I'm not going to force you guys all to come up. But some of you guys... I want you to come up because I want to pray with you that are struggling with choosing and making that decision on a daily basis. So if I could have the prayer team come up, I do want, I do want to, um, I do want to uh, pray with you. If you're struggling. To make, a daily, uh, to make a decision on a daily basis to say, I choose. I choose purpose. I choose my relationship with God. I choose, I choose God over this world. If you're having trouble on a daily basis or you're having trouble, then you know what? It's nothing to be ashamed about because we've all been there and we want to pray with you. We always give an opportunity that if you haven't made a decision yet to say, Lord, be my Savior, save me from this life of sin, come into my life, then today is that day as well. We want to pray with you. So let's bow our heads, and as we're praying, the altar is open. And I encourage you, highly encourage you to take a step, a step of faith that as you take that step, uh, of that first step forward, that step of faith you will begin to experience an empowerment, an empowerment to be bold, to be firm, and to choose purpose over popularity. Father God, we come before you today. We love you, Lord. Father God, the altar is open right now. Look at each and every person that is standing in their seats, sitting in their seats. You know their struggles. You know their circumstances. And, for, and, and, and more, more than anyone, you know their purpose. Some of us have been discouraged. Some of us have been distracted. But today we want to make a decision to say, I choose, Father. I choose purpose. I ask right now that you just continue to stir their hearts. Remind them. That no matter how they have felt or what someone has said to them, the purpose that you, that, that you have for them is there. You have purpose for them. That there's value in their life. Father God, we present to you those that haven't accepted you as personal Lord and Savior. Right now, for those that want to make that decision... 
For those that say, I'm tired of, of trying to just live this life on my own and just trying to think that just being consumed by this world of sin, I want to accept Christ into my heart today. Father God, come into my heart. Cleanse me, Lord, of all this sin. Lord, I repent today. Become my Savior, Lord Jesus. I know you died on the cross for me, for my sins, and you rose on the third day. Lord, give me wisdom to follow you as a disciple of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for loving me and for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.